You're listening to Titans of the Trades. I'm your host, Ryan England, author of Hire Better People Faster and creator of the Corfit Hiring System, a proven process to help growing companies attract and retain only the best. I'm on a mission to revolutionize the perception of the trades and elevate it to new heights. After growing up in a blue collar family, my passion for making the trades cool again runs deep. If you're a Titan in the industry and want to be on my show, stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can be my next guest. When you show up in those situations, let's say in an association or an immunity organization, go there to provide value. Don't go there with your business card in hand, looking to hand out business cards and say, hey, you got any projects we could bid on? Go to provide value. Let people get to know you play the long game and be patient because as you're showing up with integrity, as you're showing up, providing that value, people will get to know you, trust you and like you. Today's guest is an expert at helping construction companies grow and scale their business, not just by giving you the right mindset, but also giving you the right tools. He's a featured author and he wrote a book called Construction Genius, and it's all about sales and marketing for a construction company, how to really grow a business that's scalable. I love the subtitle, but I'm going to let him tell you all about that because it is so no nonsense, no BS. It is right to the point is exactly what every construction business needs. I want to welcome to today's show, Eric Anderton, author of Construction Genius. Eric, welcome to the show. Ryan, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk again. We've talked in the past and had an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit better. And your book, Construction Genius, is all about how somebody can actually more effectively run and grow a construction company. And one of the things that we're running into a lot right now is construction companies are struggling with business development. The economy's gotten a little weird. People are a little skittish. Inflation, all these outside factors are influencing their ability to go develop and grow their business. What's the big myth? What's the misbelief, the the misconception that people have about growing a construction company right now that you just want to shatter for them? Tell them, stop thinking that and let's go do something different. Yeah. the, The thing I would say is to stop thinking that you have to say yes to every project opportunity. Because it's not the projects that you don't take on that kill your business, but it's the projects that you do take on that don't hit your niche of right client, right project, right location. That's interesting you say that. I was just on a call with a client who was complaining because they just won a project and the the margin that they had baked in was 25% below what it should have been, what their target margin is. And the, the CEO's on the call saying, why are we taking jobs that we're bidding low? When we are turning, when we can't get to jobs that we could bid healthy. Yes. And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the work that you take that you shouldn't take that kills your business. So, so what do we do instead? Well, you, you, you get very crystal clear about your niche. And a niche, in my mind, is right client, right project, right location. Mm. If you can hit all three of those on every project that you do, that's ideal. In the real world, my advice would be to hit a minimum of two of the three. Okay. So if you have the right client, with the right project, but the location is slightly outside of your geography, then you may want to take that on if you're looking to expand your company. But keep in mind that as a result of it being in a different geography, you may need different crews. Uh, Your guys may need to travel. And so you have to bake all of that into your margins. Are any one of those not negotiable, like right client? Like, could I compromise on that if it's the right project, right location? 
I would say if you're going to compromise on right client, um, a lot of times where we compromise is because the client's a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. So, so the question you have to ask yourself is the money they they are giving you worth the pain? Got and it. Many times people say yes, the money's worth the pain, and I'm willing to put up with it. But perhaps if you keep doing business with those wrong clients who have the right projects in the right locations, you eventually come to the point where you say, you know what, we're done working with these people. Yeah. Cause I imagine wrong location eventually you just say, Hey, we're starting another branch. <laughs> we're, you know, you get enough in a new location. That's an easy one, but wrong clients. I could imagine that after a while that not only is going to hurt you personally, but it's also going to hurt your team as well because the stress and everything else that goes along with that. Yeah. L- let me make a distinction. I think by wrong client, I don't necessarily mean someone who's demanding. If you have a demanding client that pays on time, that's great. But if you have someone who is unreasonable, who doesn't work well, who um, doesn't communicate well and slow pays, then go in with open eyes. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, so we've got this, I love this right client, right project, right location. And we're looking for at least two out of three, if not all three out of three to really help you with niching in the business is what I've heard. So how do we take a step towards that? Like, What's the first thing we should be looking at doing if we're not doing that today? you have to figure out what is your right client, right project, right location. I have a tool that I um, I offer to my clients. Actually, actually, I'll provide you the link. It's not on my website, but I'll give you guys the link. You can put awesome. it in the show notes. It's called a construction niche analysis. Ooh. And it's a very simple spreadsheet where you can come up with the criteria of right client, right project, right location. And then you can, on the left-hand side, put the criteria, let's say for the client, and then you can put two or three of your clients on the top of the spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and then score them and force rank your clients according to your criteria for right client, force rank your projects in terms of right project with the criteria and then also the locations. And based on that force rank, you'll have a practical number that you can look at that you can filter projects through and use that as a, a, a tool to help you determine whether or not you should go after that project. I love that you have a tool that puts some data behind this by taking a look backwards so that we can really take a long, good look forward and being able to figure that out. I love that. Define the right client, the right project, the right location first. Okay. So we've done that. So how do we get out there and find these people? Yeah. So people purchase from folks that they know, trust, and like. And so what you need to do then is you need to figure out where your ideal client hangs out, and then you need to start hanging out with them. And the best construction clients, I, I companies, I have a constru- uh, company, two companies I work with that are well over a hundred years in the business. What they commit to doing is playing long-term games with long-term people. Hmm. And so, if you're a long-term kind of person, look for the people who want to play long-term games with you. People who may have multiple projects; they're not just a quick hit, one and done, but someone who you can build a relationship with over time. And again, what you have to ask then is how can people get to know you, trust you, and like you? And so as you're building a relationship with, let's say, a key client who perhaps has potentially many large projects, they don't necessarily want to bring you on to do a large project right away and take that risk because construction is inherently risky. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you have to be willing then to take on a small project, do it really well, provide the customer service, deal with the issues, get to know how to interact with the client. And on the basis of a smaller project, you can then build with them. And as a result of that, you can build more profitably, but you can also build trust and relationship with that client. 
I love what you say. It got me thinking about a client that we have that does not compromise on the integrity of their bids. And they went through this string of just losing out to this one competitor and competitor went bankrupt a couple months ago. And all of a sudden, all these jobs came to a screeching halt and it was because they were compromising on their bids, you know, not having integrity in that. And so now they're looking back and they're like, Hey, can you take on some of these projects for us to help us out? Because they kept that integrity and they kept focused on the things that were important to their business, which was all a long-term relationship for them. I mean, that was the thing. Yeah. Like, we're not going to compromise because the relationship with this group of people is more important to us than winning this bid or winning that bid. And it's now paid off. Yeah. And it's interesting because as a contractor, you have relationships not only with your clients, but with your project partners. If you're a, a GC, obviously you need to build good relationships with your subs. If you're a sub, you have to service your GCs. You have to service the people who supply you. And it really is incumbent upon you to have that long-term perspective. We know there's lots of cowboys out there who come and build a company really quickly. They can generate a whole bunch of revenue. And But like, as you said, a lot of the times that company is built on the sand and once the storms come, boom, the company's gone and opportunity then arises for other people. Yeah. I love that long-term perspective. So we figure out who the right people are. We figure out the right projects, right location. We've got that long-term perspective. We're looking for those people. How do we start building the relationships with them? One of the mistakes I think that some people make in business development is they spend too much time hanging out with their competition. Mm. So the first thing I would do is, is I would really understand where do my clients hang out and what are they interested in? What are the community events or the community organizations that they support? What are their interests? And then just start spending time with them. Associations can be a good place to do that. I'm involved in a number of construction associations. I spend very little time hanging out with people who do what I do mm -hmm. because, again, I don't have much time. And I want to make sure that I use my time wisely. Yeah. When you show up in those situations, let's say in an association or an community organization, go there to provide value. Don't go there with your business card in hand, looking to hand out business cards and say, hey, you got any projects we could bid on? Go to provide value. Let people get to know you. Play the long game and be patient because as you're showing up with integrity, as you're showing up providing that value, people will get to know you, trust you, and like you. Just keep that in mind. I'm seeing a pattern here with that. <laughs> no like and yep. trust. I was waiting for it. No like trust. That's exactly who people buy from. And remember, they're taking a tremendous risk signing contracts with you to build a project. And so they have to be at that comfort level before they're willing to do a lot of business with you. It is having perspective, like from their point of view. So, so let's talk about for right now. I know we've got some people listening right now who business was really good the last couple of years. Things have gotten yes. a little tricky here in the marketplace lately. And maybe things aren't, they don't have that great outlook. And they're sitting here thinking, you know what? I don't have two, three years to go build these relationships. I need to fix something quickly. What are our options? First, I'd look within, right? Because a lot of times when things are going well, we get a little lazy mm -hmm. in terms of our processes, in terms of our execution, in terms of our productivity. We allow the C teams because we have these projects on the books. We have to play the games on the schedule, so to speak. So we allow C players and B minus players on our team. You know, if your overhead is at a point where you're not comfortable with it, then what I would do is take a hard look at your overhead. Where are you wasting money 
and and it may not be literally like this, but you know, contractors when things are going well, they start buying the speed boats and the fancy trucks. So, where what are your speed boats and fancy trucks that you could say, you know what, I don't need that right now. Yeah. That's not a wise purchase. It's not a wise use of my cash. And I'm going to do the best that I can to scrub my overhead, be lean and mean, and then look at the way that my guys are building, the way that they're showing up, the way that they're producing, and pay close attention to that. Because if I can extend the gap between the money coming in and the money going out, then my profit is going to rise. And we all know that the top line revenue is not what counts in construction. It's the bottom line profit. And there's so much that I have control over, regardless of what's going on in the outside economy, that if I take good attention on the things that I can control, then my profit can increase. I just had a conversation earlier this morning with the CFO and he was telling, we were talking about the, when times get tough, we start looking at expenses. What's one of the first things that people cut that we don't believe they should cut. And we were actually in agreement on this. And one of the things we see people cut all the time is their training budget. They no Mm. longer want to train people because they look at that as an expense that, hey, we're not growing right now. We're not bringing on people. So we're going to cut the training budget. I don't know if that is something you agree with. Are there any other expenses that we should be looking at and saying, hey, you know what? Those are non-negotiable. Those are off limits because that's what's going to keep us going through this little crunch that we're in. Anything that's related to you being able to build a project faster with better quality and safely. Anything related to that, those things are non-negotiable. Anything that's not related to helping your field be safe, efficient, and profitable, then consider eliminating that. That's an easy one to think about. Safe, productive, and and what was the last one? Profitable. Profitable. Yeah, definitely. That's an important one, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We can start looking at something. And really what I would say when it comes to productivity is that you have to have that quality in there, right? So safety, Mm. productivity, and quality, that all adds up towards profitability. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to focus on making sure that my guys can build with quality, that they're building efficiently, and that they're building safely. And those three things working together will drive profitability for the long term. And get rid of the people that are dragging you down. You said that one earlier. Don't keep investing in the people that aren't making it. Yeah. And so this is the thing, right? We're dealing with adults in our business. And for adults to change, it's rather difficult. Yeah. So what you're looking for is, it's like, I'll give you a silly little illustration. My uh, eight-year-old, I coach my eight-year-old in soccer, and I promise you, he is not the most athletic person in the world. But what he does have, amazingly enough, is a good attitude and good effort. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to work with him, and I appreciate him because he does have good attitude and good effort. So what you want to be looking for is those people who have good attitude and good effort with the requisite intelligence so that you can be training them on the long term. Because one of the mistakes that a lot of contractors make is they allow people who have technical skill, but a crappy attitude to pollute their company. And now some contractors, what they'll say is, okay, I know that guy is is ornery and he's not really a cultural fit. So I'm going to isolate him over here and let him do his thing. Now, if you can do that without ruining your culture, fair enough. But unfortunately, what a lot of companies do is they allow those highly skilled people to stick around and it does infect the culture in a bad way. Mm -hmm. So you should be thinking through who's the right person in the right seat in my organization. And you should always be looking to develop a team of A players as opposed to that mixture of A, Bs, and Cs. Yeah. The the fog the mirror test, I like to call it, right? Like that's how we interview people and hire them. One of the things that, that I see happen to that point is if you do start hiring people that aren't a cultural fit, just be careful of what kind of message you're sending to the rest of your team. Because they're watching. That's the thing, right? Yeah, you see that? And and I get the lot. You see, because, you know, you're listening to this and like, Eric, easy for you to say, right? I got projects to build, right? Yeah. Right. 
And, and I totally get that. But what you have to do is that if you are allowing that highly technically skilled person who's not a cultural fit in your company, just know that it's impacting other people. They see it and they're not stupid. So yeah. you have to ask yourself, am I willing for that impact on my company? Yeah, that's a great point. So let's talk about your book for a minute. You got a book called Construction Genius, been out for almost a year now. You and I were talking because I've got a book coming out. Keep promoting the book. I want to promote the book. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Construction Genius. If someone were to pick up your book, what can they expect to get out of that? Now, the great thing about my book is that it's very straightforward. So it's simple, effective, no BS, leadership, strategy, sales, and marketing advice for construction companies. So when you pick up the book, the first thing that'll happen is it will resonate with you as the owner of your construction company because it's written for you. Mm -hmm. And as the owner of your company, you must be a master at leadership, strategy, sales, and marketing. And in order to do that, you have to understand what it means to be a leader, and how to communicate effectively with the people in your organization. When you pick up my book, you will learn a very simple framework to help you to communicate three messages that every leader must be speaking to their team on a daily basis. And the reason why it's so simple is because all you have to do to remember it is grab your ear. Ear is spelled E-A-R. The E stands for encouragement. And the message you communicate with that is, you can do it. The A stands for accountability. And the message you communicate is, did you do it? And then the R stands for recognition. And the message you communicate there is, you did it. So if you can encourage, hold people accountable, and then recognize them on a regular basis, it's going to make you far more effective as a leader. That is music to my ears. I love hearing that. Recruiting and building teams is so important to me. It's something I'm so passionate about. I'm listening to you talk about this book, and you're saying you must be an expert at all of these things as the, yes. as the owner. I imagine you dig into the book how to get started doing that, especially if I don't feel like Absolutely. an expert in any of them right now. Yeah. So, and the great thing about expertise is it takes a while to build up. So when I say expert at marketing, you may think, Eric, I know nothing about SEO. I know nothing about publishing something on my website. I outsource all of that. And I get that. I'm not talking about necessarily a technical expert, but an expert at marketing understands where marketing sits in their company. Mm -hmm. They understand that marketing and sales work hand in hand together. So marketing is to attract people to your company. And then sales is to to, uh, build relationships with them and close business with them. So you have to understand with marketing what attracts the right client with the right jobs in the right locations. And then with sales, you have to understand how to engage your clients so that you can land those projects. I, I love hearing you explain this stuff. You make it sound so simple. And I imagine that reading your book, it'll be one of those things that people will be able to read through and go, I get it. I can make it happen. And I don't have to be an expert overnight, which is great advice. So how do people learn more about you, Eric? How do they learn more about your book? How do they learn more about you? I know you even said you have some resources on your website that they can uh, download. Yeah, you can go to my website, constructiongenius.com slash resources. There are a number of resources about strategic planning, succession planning, running effective meetings, and really getting a, a clear picture of what's most important to you as a leader. You can download those as well. I will provide you guys a link to that niche analysis that you can put in the show notes there. And so you can download that as well. And that's a really cool tool. And then, of course, here's the book. <laughs> I love it. I know. Huh? I love it. It's cool. Let me tell you where I got the, the subtitle from. I got it actually from one of my clients because he was reviewing a leadership course that I put on for him. And 
he was telling me what he liked about it. And he says, it's effective, hands-on, practical, simple, no BS. And so if that's who you are as a leader, I promise you this book will have a tremendous positive impact and you can go to Amazon and get it. It's only 20 bucks a copy. Awesome. And for those people that aren't watching right now, can you read for them the subtitle? Because they may not have seen it. Yeah, again, so the the, the uh, title of the book is Construction Genius. And the subtitle is Effective, Hands-On, Practical, Simple, No BS, Leadership, Strategy, Sales, and Marketing Advice for Construction Companies. <laughs> I don't know if it gets any clearer than that. I mean, it's a mouthful, but I don't know if it gets any clearer than that, Eric. Yeah, see, that's the thing is that I, I just want everyone to understand what they're getting into when they open the book. That's what you're going to get when you purchase the book. Fantastic. Eric, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. So much information in such a little bit amount of time. I'm sure this will be one of those episodes that gets listened to over and over again, just so that we can unpack it all. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you having me on. Ryan England here. Thank you so much for listening to Titans of the Trades. If you're a Titan in the construction, manufacturing, or skilled trades industry and would like to be a guest on my show, please visit podcast.corematters.com. If you found value in this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and share it with a friend or post it on social. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag titans of the trades. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, click the subscribe button. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and get me one step closer to solving the labor crisis facing the industry. Want to know more about how we're doing that? Go to our website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.